All right, if we're here, about we make our way back in and find our seats. Our kids are at Kids Church, our young adults are at Sunday Youth, and I think it's going to be a great Sunday morning. If you've never been to C3 Church before, welcome to C3 Church Tugra. What a great church, what a great family. We are pumped to uh, have you here if you're a visitor. Uh, I think there's a free coffee at the end of the service if you're a visitor, so uh, shout out to that. And uh, what a great day it is to be here at uh, C3 Church. And uh, so great to see some uh, people that we know. Didn't our, our team do incredibly well this morning? Doing such a great job. Let's give them a round of applause. Our media team are incredible and uh, doing such a great job. And uh, what an honor it is today to be able to share uh, with our church, our family. It feels like as we come in here on a Sunday, it is our family, a family service. And uh, I just, uh, who loves their Bibles? Does anyone read their Bibles? Who has their Bibles? And uh, my Bible actually uh, burnt down, my last one, and uh, in 2019. And uh, I had that Bible forever. Who's had a Bible they've had forever and they love it? And uh, I would never have got rid of, it, rid of it, ever. And I would have kept it for as long as I possibly could. And uh, it actually burnt in a fire. And I thought, oh, no, I love that Bible. And then I went out and got the best Bible money could buy, the best one ever. And I knew that when I bought it, that it, I felt it was going to come with weight and responsibility. So I love this Bible, and uh, I love to read it. And I also, uh, if, you're, um, if you're old school, uh, you have a notepad. Who has a notepad? And uh, if you've got two things in your world, a pen, a Bible, a notepad, that's three things, uh, you're doing well. It's like the Lord. There are six things, no seven, no eight. And, uh, but it is great if you have your Bible this morning. We're going to do a little Bible flicking. We're going to flick pages, go back, go forward. And, uh, you know, what do they say? Clean Bible, dirty Christian, dirty Bible, clean Christian, anybody? It's a bit of 1990s for you. Uh, but it is good to um, read your Bible, write notes on your Bible, study your Bible, and uh, let the Bible speak to you. Let the Word speak to you. Get it inside you. Uh, everything we seem to watch, everywhere we seem to go, somebody's trying to tell me this, they're trying to tell me that. But then when I, when I my align my, my heart, my mind, my spirit, my soul to what God says about me, uh, it, it is strengthening and it's powerful. Right. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a gift that we have. Uh, yesterday, yesterday afternoon, I found myself reading the, um, there's a book by Billy Graham. Anyone know Billy Graham? Phenomenal, phenomenal uh, man. And I felt such a privilege to be able to read his book. It's on angels. And uh, I was just reading his words. It's such a privilege to be able to actually sit on a Saturday afternoon and read through Billy Graham's words. It's like having a conversation with Billy Graham, getting to read his words. Wow. It's amazing, this guy that traveled the world and preached in huge stadiums and, you know, caused, you know, moves of God everywhere he went. Here I am on a Sunday afternoon in my house just reading his words, like I'm having a conversation. And it's, it's exactly the same when you read the Bible. It's like we're allowing ourselves to have a conversation with the Lord. And, uh, you know, what do I do about this? What do I say about that? What's my thoughts on this? How do I get through there? And the Bible is so clear. You know, the Bible is incredibly clear. Um, it doesn't miss you. It's not apologetic. It says what it says. And it's, it's great. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, come with me, with me to the book of Isaiah. 
If you've ever read the book of Isaiah, it's a, uh, it's a bit of a wild ride at times, the book of Isaiah. And um, it is incredible. Apparently, it's like a mini Bible. It has the same amount of test- scriptures as the Old Testament and the same amount of scriptures as the New Testament mixed together. And uh, you can do a whole study just around the book of Isaiah. It's incredible. And the most powerful thing I think about the book of Isaiah is the first thing Isaiah says he says, I was the prophet or the man of God to, and he lists all these kings, this king, that king, this king, it's like four or five kings. And uh, I just think it's incredibly um, amazing that uh, there's this man who's just been in ministry for many, many kings, didn't come and go, didn't flash in the pan, didn't do this, uh, actually was the man of God for, you know, a long, long time. Now, I think Pastor Phil's right. People are looking. They are looking how, you know, you act on a Tuesday. They're looking at what you say on a Wednesday. Right. You know, you can go to church and be all this and that, and that's amazing, and, and it's great. Uh, but what do your neighbors say about you on a Monday? What does your boss say about you on a Tuesday? What do your employees say about you during the week? What does your bank manager say about you? What is your, what is your you know, the bills that come in? What does that guy say about you? You know, the whole thing is great to do this. Uh, but I think at the same time, I think people are watching Pastor Phil. Yeah. And um, I think it's um, to be who you are in this life is, um, is amazing. Isaiah 49, it says, Listen, O coastlands to me, and take heed, you peoples from afar. This is the New King James, Isaiah 49, verse 1. It says, Listen, O coastlands to me, and take heed, you peoples from afar. I believe that the church is coming to an incredible time when it's our time to actually speak louder. I believe that the, the whole community around us is longing for the church to actually be an authority and say and start to speak and start to declare and start to say, hey, the world may be going this way. The world may be having this going on. And uh, you may think this is the, you know, but this is what God says. This is what we believe. This is where, you know, where, where God is calling us to go. And, uh, I believe, I believe in the next little while that it's, it's a time for our church and the church to actually be a loudspeaker to our community. It says, listen, O coastlands, who is the church for? The church is for those who are near us and those who are afar. The church is for everybody. The church is actually designed for every person on earth. It says, take heed, you peoples from afar. All those people are near us. God's calling them to be a part of our community. All those people from afar, God is calling them to be a part of our community. As it is, the Lord has called me from the womb. Is that amazing? From the matrix of my mother, he has made he has made mention of my name. If you have your Bibles, come with me. Let's do some little Bible flicking. If I can find this verse when I come back to you, I'm going to put that there. Come with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. Does anyone know where that verse is? And it says, I therefore, this is the Apostle Paul writing, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. It's like God's calling us to walk worthy, to walk in a way that God has called us to be. God said, hey, I've designed you like this. You, you haven't been designed to lose or to fail or to move backwards. You know, I've designed you and I put my spirit in you. I put my... Uh, it's an amazing thing that Billy Graham says, and he says that you were designed to win. Uh, it's inevitable that when you connect to the Lord, you are designed to win. 
he says that uh, it's a book on angels. It's unbelievably incredible. And it says that God has called angels in the Psalms to go before you, angels to stand beside you, and angels to be your rear guard. He says, as you connect your hearts, as you connect your spirit to the Lord, you have been designed to actually be a champion, to take ground, uh, to, to, get, to unapologetically go forward. Now, it says here in Ephesians uh, that the Apostle Paul saying that you would walk worthy Amazing. I love that thought that we would walk worthy during the week, during the Mondays, you know, when you're in your private time, when you're at the cafes, when the shopping center, when you're trying to find a car, car park at the shopping center, that you would, maybe you should write that you would drive worthy. If you would write that, none of us would actually make it to heaven because, you know, I can't, oh my gosh. Anyway, um, everybody come back to your car and have like someone draw on your car and wax. You're a so-and-so, anybody? I have. Anyway, it says that you would walk worthy of the calling of the which you are called with all lowliness. Who is the church? Who who are leaders? Who are pastors? Who is those who are connected with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love? Yeah. It's an amazing verse, and it goes on. It's just this incredible verse, but it comes out of uh, Isaiah forty nine that God has called us, that we would walk worthy of who he's called us to be. The Bible says he has called us from our womb. And it says here, verse 2, he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. And I encourage the church, I encourage the believers, uh, in all you're doing and all your time spent during the day, get one verse from the Bible, get one verse and just put it in your mind and, and say it over and over and over and over. You know, you may be facing a, a drama or a, po- a problem. And so often we, we ring this person and we send that message out and we do this and woe is me and oh my gosh, it's never gonna, you know. But get a word, get one scripture and just say it 50 times, 100 times, 200 times, just, just say it over in your mind over and over and over and over. And eventually, you know what will happen? It'll go from your mind going over and over and over, and it'll just drop into here. And then eventually, that's who you will become. You go, no, God has called me to, God has said this about me. This is who God says that I am. And there's so many amazing promises in the Bible for us that, uh, oh man, there's so many. There's so many. And uh, he says here in verse 2, he has made my mouth like a sharp sword, get promises into our heart. And I love this thought. This next thought is incredible. I love this thought. In the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me. In the shadow of the Lord's hand, he has hidden me and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver, he has hidden me. Is it, I, just, I read that so many times. In the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver, he has hidden me. And uh, it was like this revelation, this deep revelation that hit me. I said, God, what's the title of this message? Did we write it somewhere? Charlie's gone. It's developed in the dark. How does God, how does God train people? How does God, lead, how does God uh, grow people? How does God develop people? He develops us in the dark. And what's incredible is that... Um, you know, the royal family, who loves the royals, anybody? And uh, you know what they do? And even people of worth or people of substance or noteworthy people, you know what they do? They hide their kids. They hide them. And uh, they let them be their kids. You know, you see photos of their faces blurred out. They hide their young people. They hide them. Why? 
so they can be developed in the dark. They don't put them out in public places. Here's my kitties, you know. No, they hide them. They pull them back. They, they don't let the world see them uh, until they've got equipped and trained and ready. And then one day when it's their time, they'll say, hey, he, here's Prince so-and-so. He, here he is. He's ready to, you know. And it's like, God, this is what God, if you read through the Bible, you got, you know, David, Joseph, Moses, Daniel, all these guys that spent huge amounts of time out in the middle of the wilderness, seemingly being trained in the dark by themselves, by the Lord. He said, in the shadow of, and sometimes we can think, oh God, you've moved on. Oh God, you've passed me forward. Oh God, you haven't seen me. You haven't seen me. You've seen that person. You've opened doors for that person, but you haven't seen me. No, the Bible says in the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me. Amazing just a privilege, just an honor that that you will be hidden. God, don't let me shine until God is my time to shine. God, I don't want to be the guy that's shining when you're trying to hide me. God, it says in the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me. What a great place to be. What's the message we're preaching to our young people? What's the message we're preaching to our kids? What's the message we're preaching to our young adults, our young marrieds? It's in the shadow. Where do we need to find ourselves? in the shadow, in the secret place, in that safe place of his hand, he has hidden me. And what happens in that place? He makes me or he develops me or he equips me or he trains me, prepares me. Why? As a polished shaft in his quiver. You're in there. You know, when you've got a bow and arrow and you shoot, you pull, Robin Hood, bang, you shoot, you pull. It's like you're in there. He's got you and he's preparing you. But it's like not going before it. Don't rush it. Don't get there too early. God's timing is great. And when we stay in the place that God's called us to stay, God develops us and trains us. It says, verse 3, And he said to me, You are my servant, in whom I will be glorified. That God wants our lives, through our lives, to actually glorify the Lord. It says, You are my servant. So it's not about me, it's about the Lord. I serve the Lord. Oh, Israel, you are my servant. I serve the Lord in whom, so it's talking about me now, the Lord will be glorified, that the Lord wants to be glorified through our lives. What does my life look like? Well, the Lord actually wants to be glorified through your life, through what you do, no matter where you go, that your life would actually glory, glorify the Lord. It says, you are my servant, O Israel, in whom I, the Lord saying, in whom I, the Lord will be glorified. God wants to use our lives, believe it, to actually glorify who God is, to, to glorify the Christian message that as it goes out, oh, there's that guy that is, and I, he's shining, he's shining. Why? Through, through my life, through your life, as I connect with the Lord, that my life, as I serve the Lord, would shine how great God is. You are my servant. And, you know, who do I serve? I serve the Lord. I don't serve this or the opinion or that or anything like that. You are my servant. And then the Lord says, as you serve in my life, I will be glorified through the Lord. Amazing. Verse 4. And then I said, I love this thought. Verse 4. Then I said, this is a man talking to the Lord, I have labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing. In vain, yet surely my just reward is with the Lord, 
and my work with my God. Who knows those people? I've spent my life, I've labored, I've worked my career, I've gone forward, I've done this, and I've got to the top, and I've realized, guess what? There's nothing there. I get to the top, and I go, I still feel exactly the same as when I was at the bottom, but now I'm at the top. It's not, you know, I've labored in vain. I spent my strength for what? For nothing. And uh, yet surely my just reward is with the Lord and my work with the Lord. I tell you, no matter what you do from Monday to Friday, no matter where you find yourself in a company or running this or running that, the greatest thing we can do is build God's house. The greatest thing we can do as we come in, you know, hey, I'm not on the team, I'm not on the worship team, I, I haven't got any guitar skills. Guess what? Bring your tithe. Bring your vision builders. Let, let God build this house through what we do. You might not be able to, you know, come in here with time during the week or anything like that. But as we put our hand to the plow, as we put our shoulder to the wheel, every week, guess how God uses us? He brings it in. Bring in the seed. Bring in the tithe. Bring in this. Bring it in. Support. Build. Sow into God's house. And you'll find fulfillment in what you do. Oh, my job's this. No, as you serve God, as you, as you make a way for the Lord and include the Lord, you will find joy and doors opening as you go. So, verse 5, and now the Lord says, who formed me, uh, verse 5, now the Lord says, who formed me uh, in the womb to be his servant, to bring back to him so that Israel is gathered to him. I believe that uh, God is calling us, the church, again, to bring back those who were once in the church and uh, those who have never been in church back into God's house. I truly believe it. That uh, if people could understand who God is and what God says about you, we should have services all day or night. And I believe it's God's intention to use our hearts, to use our teams, to bring back to Him, to bring back to Him those so that Israel is gathered again, so that we can gather again together with each other. It says, and my God shall be my strength. And this part's incredible. Indeed, he says, verse 6, it is too... I love this thought. Verse 6, if you have your Bibles, come with me again. Verse 6, running into verse 6. I know, I don't know how far we're going to get through here, but... Uh, I said to Charlie, who was doing, I said to Charlie, who was doing the, um, the scripture, he said, how many have you got? I said, well, I was going to do all of Isaiah 49. And so, and so far, we're running up to verse 6, so I don't know how we're going to go. But it says here, indeed, he says, it is too small a thing. This is the Lord speaking to us. Indeed, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to to restore, restore the preserved ones of Israel, how's this? I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles. Verse 2, it says here that I'm hidden in the shadow of his hand. He has hidden me. He's made me a polished shaft in his quiver. He has hidden me. Now, verse 6, he says, I will also give, is that's too small? I will also give you as a light. We are hidden to shine. We are, we are, when, we, when we're developing and, and becoming who God's called us, we're hidden. Oh, no, God, you don't see me. No, no. You're hidden 
Why? Oh, oh, this is too small a thing that it should be my servant to raise up only the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles. A light to who? The world, the entire world, that your light would shine. And one of the most powerful Christians that I know is the ones that, hey, say, hey, here's my heart, here's my life. Open it up. I'm trying to let out who I am. I'm trying to let it out. I'm not trying to hide who I am. I've got this secret part here. Oh, no, don't look at that part. Oh, don't look at that part. That's um, dealing with that, dealing with that, dealing with that. No, one of the most powerful Christians is the one that says, hey, here I am, and look into my heart, look into my life, look into my soul, look into everything. I'm trying to let out what God is saying into my heart. Hidden, developed in the dark, why hidden to shine? That as we are allowed to go through the process, and sometimes it can take a little while, Sometimes I can be, I want to be that guy now. I want to be the guy now. God, I want to be used now. And God says, yeah, you will be used, but you've been hidden to shine. One day your life will shine. The moment I've been hid, I've been hidden in that secret place. I've been developed and trained. But one day, if you stay in that place, one day your life will be hidden to shine to the Gentiles. It says here, Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, their Holy One, verse 7, to him who man despises, to him whom the nation abhors, crazy, to the servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship because of the Lord who is faithful, underline that, because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, and he has chosen you. He has chosen you. You, who has the Lord chose? Who, who's the Lord looking at? Who's the Lord designed to, to use? You, not the person next to you, not the person on that side or the right or the left or the front or the back or the guy or my youth pastor, my pastor or my senior pastor or this, you know. Who has the Lord chosen? He's chosen you. He's chosen you. God says, hey, you're my guy. And it says here in verse, verse eight, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. What does God do for us? He hears us. He hears our cry. In the day of salvation, I've helped you. God helps us. He doesn't leave us abandoned. He helps us. Um, He surrounds us with people who will help us. I will preserve you, heard you, helped you, preserve you, and give you as a covenant to the people. Why? Who is, what is the role of the church? Is this, uh, is this true? What is the role of the church? Check this out. To restore the earth, to restore the entire earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages that you may say to the prisoners, go forth and to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. The church has a big job. It has a big role. It is to actually go into the world and to restore the world. The world is under attack. The earth is under attack. Our, our whole education system, our whole media system, everything we know that we once grew up in is completely under attack. And what is the role of the church? It is to restore. It's a big job. It's to restore the earth and cause them. So there's, a, there's, a, there's an effect to inherit. We're, we're causing those who are not even yet in the church to inherit something that you may say, to the prisoners, and how many people do know that are bound and trapped and, uh, and, and suffer with, you know, things going on Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, you see them, I shake people's hands all the time in my heart. I think, oh, no, 
This guy's struggling massively. This guy is in all sorts. He's in knots. He's like pulled each way. He doesn't know what's going on. And here I am shaking his hand and thinking, oh, no, God's for you. God's with you. Who knows that everywhere we go, there are people who are, what the Bible would say, are prisoners. They're trapped. They're trying to be who they're not. Where God has said, hey, you can be who you are. What is the message? You can be who you are. To those who are in darkness, show yourselves, the Bible says. When you're in darkness, forget it. That God's saying you can come out and you can show, you've been designed to be who you are. And uh, you don't have to be this. You don't have to have these addictions, these vices, these things. No, you are designed. We have been called that those who are in darkness to show themselves. Let them be what a freedom that when that person can be who God has called them to be. It says here, they shall feed along the roads and their pastures shall be all the desolate heights. They shall neither hunger nor thirst, neither heat nor sun shall strike them. For he who has mercy on them will need them. Lord, I need the Lord to lead me right now. Anybody? God, I've got decisions to make. I've got this to make. God, I need you to lead me right now. It says, even by the springs of water, he will guide them and make each of the mountains a road and my highway shall be elevated. Even when God's leading us through, you know, it says I'll make each of the mountains a road. Sometimes we face mountains that are too big for us to climb. Too big, I can't get over that. It's too much. I don't know how to do that. That's overwhelming. That mountain, I don't think I'm ever going to get through that. I don't know how this is going to work out, but I, I just cannot see a way forward. I, 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 I've done well to this point. But now there's a huge mountain. I don't know how we're going to do that. That's just, that's never going to. It said, I'll make each of my mountains a road and my highways shall be elevated. Sometimes God doesn't even take away the mountain. He just rises, raises the highway. Sometimes I go, oh, the mountain, it's still there. That problem's still there. But God gives us an elevated highway that as we connect our hearts to the Lord, there is blessing, there is increase, there is breakthrough, there is favor. As we are today, isn't how God's called us to be next week and in six months and in 12 months. The Bible says the way of the upright winds, the way of the righteous winds upward. That uh, God is calling us all or each time as we go to, uh, no matter what the battle is, no matter what the problem is, guess what? It's your bread. It doesn't matter. We can get through it. With the Lord on our side, He'll either move the mountain, remove the mountain, we actually elevate our highway that we can go over that problem. We can soar over that issue in any moment. And it says, verse 13, and it says here, Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, and break out in singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people. In this time, this day and age, what do the people out there, what do they need? They don't need someone pointing a finger at them, saying, hey, you're a sinner, you're a dirty you're a scumbag, you're a sinner. How dare you? I knew, I knew you were that sinner. No, we're looking, the people out there are broken and hurting and scattered and uh, lonely, and they're looking to be comforted. Comforted. People won't remember the arguments that you won. They won't even think about that. They remember, how did this person make me feel when I left? When I was talking to them, then I left. How did they make me feel? That's it. They remember what you say. Even I heard someone a little while ago say, oh, that preacher, he's amazing. I said, yeah, he's so good, isn't he? Yeah, he's amazing. I said, what did he talk about the last time? He said, I don't remember what he spoke about, but he made me feel good. Okay, cool. People won't remember what you say, what you do, but they will remember how you made them feel when they leave walking away from that conversation. But Zion said to the Lord, you have forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. 
can a woman cause her, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget. I have, I, the Lord says, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hand. Your walls are continually before me. Your sons shall go. Your sons shall make haste. Your sons won't be held back. As you're connected to the Lord, your kids, yourself, your sons will make haste. And has this, your destroyers, uh-oh, and those who laid you waste, uh-oh. Who knows the Bible, you know, isn't afraid to call people out. You know, the destroyers, oh no, I don't be that guy. That your destroyers and those who laid you waste shall go away from you. Lift up your eyes, look around and see all these gather together and come to you. As I live, says the Lord, you shall surely clothe yourselves with them. With who? With the destroyers. It's like you use these battles as stepping stones. David fought the lion and then he fought the bear. It's like, and then it says, uh, you shall surely clothe yourselves with them as an ornament and bind them around and bind them on you as a bride does. It's incredible. It's saying that the destroyers and those who have come at us, our trials, our tribulations, the battles that we have fought and won, the Bible says here, you shall surely clothe yourselves with those battles, with those trials, with those victories, and you'll place them around your neck as an ornament, as a, as a bride does. As, as, as so many, how many times have we thought, oh, I cannot get this one, this one, I will not get through this one. This financial battle, this parenting battle, this uh, company battle, I will not get through this one. This, this one, maybe I got through that one, maybe I'll take out the lion, I don't think I can get through the bear. This is a promise to us. It says that your sons will go, your kids will be great. The destroyers and those who came at you, the battles and the things that came at you, uh, those who laid you waste shall go away from me. They shall go. And then it says, verse, it says, and then surely you shall clothe yourselves with them as an ornament. It's like a little reminder. Hey, remember that battle? You beat it. Hey, remember that struggle? You beat it. Hey, remember that time you didn't think you could do it? Well, you stepped out and you did it. That's like God gives us these little ornaments around little battles that we have fought and won. And he says, hey, guess what? There's more in you than what you think. There's more power in you than what you know. Yeah, you have more in there than what you think you have. It says, for your waste and desolate places and the land of your destruction will even now be too small for the inhabitants. Pastor Kim on our Vision Builders Nights from Liberty Church prophesied this. She says in verse 20, The place is too small for me. Give me a place where I may dwell. Love that. The place is already too small for us. That God is looking to do a, a, a substantial work. God is looking for us to do something great and long-lasting. And... Uh, I believe God is asking to put. A, is looking for us to put a huge flag in the sand that we aren't to be hidden. We've been hidden. Why? To shine. I believe that it's the church's time to shine. It says here in verse twenty-two, "Behold, I will lift my hands in an oath to the nations. God's heart is for people, all people, all race, all color, or everything. God loves people." To set up my standard for the peoples, thou shalt bring your sons in their arms, your daughters shall be carried on their shoulders. This is the future of the church. Kings shall be your foster fathers, and their queens shall be your, mercy, your, your nursing mothers. Kings shall be your foster. 
I think the future of the church is bright. I think our best days are ahead of us. Have we had some great days? Yes, we have. have we, has God moved in the past? Yes, he has. Has God done incredible things? Yes, he has. But I believe kings, the Bible says it, kings shall be your foster fathers. I believe God's going to open doors for us with this person and that person, a tick with that person. And, oh, you didn't think you'd get that building? Well, tick, I'm going to give you that. You didn't think you'd buy that land? Well, tick, I'm going to let you buy that. You know, kings shall be your, who is the church? Kings shall be your foster fathers and their queens, your nursing mothers. Let it be known that the future of the church is bright. It says, then it'll drop down. They shall bow down to you with their faces to the earth and lick up the dust of your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed who wait for me. They will not be ashamed who wait for me. And there's a, there's a, there's a huge battle. There's an incredible battle in waiting. Who enjoys waiting? Who loves waiting at the shops? Waiting at a red light? I was at a light the other day and the light went green and the car in front of you just beat the car in front of that car. It's like literally just went green. You bet, go. I was like, like, I think you beeped it as it went. You know, we don't love to wait. The human nature doesn't, isn't designed to do well waiting. We don't love, you know, any men being engaged. It doesn't make sense to the men. The, the being engaged makes, hey, great. Now you've got to wait again. You've got to wait longer again. You know, waiting. We don't love, people aren't designed, you know, we, we, we will, there's only one time we'll wait, actually. If you're at the front of a line, you'll wait all day. Hey, I'm at the front of the line. I'm, I'm happy to wait here. But if you're at the back of the line, you, you just, nah. And um, if you're like me and you think, oh, I'll go to that checkout because there's only like, one lady and this one's got 15 and then that one lady has like a thousand things going wrong with the card and can't do this and can't do that. And then you see all these people go past dust. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, yeah, we don't love to wait. But the Bible says those who know, those you know will, that it says, then you will know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed, those who wait, so difficult, so challenging. Now I want it now. No, those who wait for me. They shall not be ashamed, those who wait for me. It's like, oh, that's such a, that's like an, we, we are such an instant, you know, everything we do, we buy a new lounge, old ones, chuck it out. Like, I mean, as you see, you drop past our house, there's always something at the front of our house, Julie's chucking everything out. Everything we have, Julie chucks out. It's like, comes in, goes out, comes in, goes out, because we're like, buy this, chuck it out, buy this, chuck it out. Where's that? Chucked it out. Where's that? I chucked it out. You know, we, we're so instant. We get new, we get, you know, the old thing, gone, forget it. No, the Bible says that uh, they will not be ashamed, those who wait for me, wait for me. Get your Bible, turn your phone off, Get into a room, get a notepad, get a pen, write a scripture, write it, write it, write it, write it, write it again, 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 and let it get into your heart. Wait, say, hey, this one week, I'm going to say one scripture over and over and over, and I don't care what the problem is. The Bible says God is big. God is bigger than anything doesn't matter what the problem is. You're going to say it over and over and over. And then eventually, God will make the way. Last thought. Kidding. Last thought. Verse 24. Uh, verse 25. But thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible be delivered 
for I will contend with him who contends with you. For I will contend with him who contends with you. How's that scripture? The Lord will contend with him who contends with me. Everywhere I go, the Lord, who will? The Lord will contend with him who contends with me. Such, who, who will fight that guy? Not me. Hey, not, not this little guy. Not me. The Lord will fight that guy. The Lord will fight that guy. The Lord, the Bible says, the Lord will contend, contend with him who contends with you. And as soon as I first read that, I thought, wow, that's so cool. Because there's a guy that cut me off the other day. And Lord, if you go and contend with him. And I thought, maybe that person, you know, you know that person that I didn't invite me to the, and I saw it and didn't get invited. Maybe you can go and contend with. And I felt like, the, have you seen that, um, anyone seen that, um, remember John West? John West? And he used to do that ad where he used to hit people with a giant salmon over the face. Remember that? Whack. And uh, oh, it just hit me. And it says, Andrew, think bigger. The Lord will contend with him who contends with you. Don't worry about the guy down the road or the guy who didn't invite you. Pick a fight. Pick a big fight. Pick the biggest guy you can, pick the biggest thing you can find and go. Think bigger, think larger, think restore the earth. God just wants to do something so great. And I just, I just hear this, oh, small mind. You small mind. You small minded man, think bigger. And it says, like, pick the biggest opponent you can find and go and pick a fight, whether it be the media. I'm not saying do this now. I'm not saying that we need to do this now. But uh, remember, develop, Shane, developed in the dark, developed in the dark, to shine, to shine. But I believe that God is calling the church to pick a fight. You know, shopping centers aren't getting smaller. They're getting bigger. Media aren't getting uh, more timid. They're getting bolder. Movies are getting bolder. Uh, all this stuff's kind of getting bolder. And here we are, oh, no, 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 no. The Bible says, I will contend with him who contends with you. Well, contend with that person. Let the Lord fight them. Contend with that issue. Let the Lord fight it. Not me, let the Lord fight it. I will contend with him who contends with you. How about invite the worship team up? And uh, we'll finish in a little bit. But Lord, we thank you today, Father, that, uh, Lord, you are a great God and a big God. And uh, Father, you're constantly asking us to enlarge our hearts, enlarge our minds. Lord, let us see what you see. Father, you've asked us that we've got a big role uh, to restore uh, the world, I believe, to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit um, all the great and mighty things that you have. And Father, today, out of this simple message, Father, that uh, you would open our eyes to see. Father, open our eyes to see uh, all the angels that surround us, all the warring angels that go before us, uh, heaven's armies with us, heaven's armies behind us. Father, and I, I love those thoughts that as we are connected to the Lord, we are designed to win. We are designed to be victor victorious. We're designed to be victors. Father, today as we... Um, gather together in your house. Lord, let the spirit of breakthrough, let the spirit of that overcomes, Holy Spirit, come upon us as we surrender our hearts, we surrender our decisions, 
to surrender our ways, our incomes, our businesses. Lord, that you, as we surrender them to you, Lord, as we place them in the shadow of your hand, Lord, that you would let them shine. Father, you would make them do what they need to do to shine. Lord, to build your house in Jesus' name. How about we stand and rise? And maybe we'll sing that one song as we close at the end. And uh, 